Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello and welcome back to the Trust Your Gut podcast. Today's episode is all about how gut health affects mental health and vice versa. And wow, this is a information-packed episode for you that I really tried to condense down into the most important pieces we need to understand to really get how gut health is affecting mental health and how our mental health is affecting our gut health. And this, of course, is through the gut-brain connection. Now, since this is such a focus and foundation of what I do, this is a topic I'm going to be consistently talking about, but I wanted to start with just a general overview that goes into pretty great detail, but again, we're really just kind of scratching below the surface here. There's more research studies and information that is coming out. Really, this whole topic of health, medicine, and research is in its infancy. So I'm excited to be able to keep you all up to date with what I learn and understand, both from a scientific research perspective and also in my own experience with my gut brain and with clients that I work with and what I'm also discovering and seeing in this realm of health. So let's dig into it. So to first understand how gut health affects mental health and how our mental health affects our gut health, we of course need to understand the gut-brain connection. So our gut which we know as our digestive system, is connected to our brain, which we know as our central nervous system, by bundles of nerve fibers. And these two systems are intricately connected. They are communicating with each other 24-7, and they make up the foundation of the mind-body connection, which is not a woo-woo idea. It is a biological fact. And... I believe both the digestive system and the nervous system are the most crucial systems we have for maintaining overall health. And when we understand these two systems, how they work together, we really can understand the pathway to true whole body health. So our gut hosts what is known as the enteric nervous system and our microbiome. And the brain is the main component of the central nervous system. And these systems together are like a supercomputer that takes in and integrates information from our bodies, from our environment, so that we can have optimal digestion and optimal brain function. 
and they are just doing this with really out any input from us 24-7. So our gut has its own nervous system known as the enteric nervous system. This is what is called the second brain. And it has this title because there are 200 to 600 million neurons in our gut. And that is the second largest cluster of neurons in our body behind our brain. Hence the name, the second brain. So you will feel this second brain or this enteric nervous system when you think of butterflies in your stomach when you're about to present a speech or feeling sick to your stomach when you've gotten some bad news. When we use the terms, something is gut-wrenching, or a situation or an emotion like fear makes you feel nauseous, or when people use the term trust your gut to encourage you to follow your inner knowing. So the sensations of the enteric nervous system are intertwined in our language, and we can easily see how emotions are connected to our gut through our language. Our gut is extremely sensitive to emotions since emotions are felt in the gut, and I will go a bit deeper into this at the end of this episode. The enteric nervous system is also the seat of our intuition. If you're curious to learn a little bit more about intuition and how it's developed, then be sure to tune in to episode number two if you haven't already. In that episode, I explain how the enteric nervous system evolved with the central nervous system and how we develop gut feelings over our lifetime that influence our intuitive decision making. So the enteric nervous system is constantly gathering information from all the cells that line our gut, and it's also constantly collecting information from our microbiome, from all the bacteria, the microbes that live in our gut. And it's communicating this information to our brain and other parts of our body all day long. It does this through chemical messages in the bloodstream and also that bundle of nerve fibers that connects the gut and the brain. And these nerve fibers are like a superhighway. There's traffic flowing in both directions, and this traffic is what's transferring information between the gut and the brain. This two-way superhighway between the brain, the gut, and its microbiome has really come to the forefront of the medical research community in the past few years. And it's going to be such a valuable area for future medical and nutritional practice and research. This is what's known as the microbiome gut-brain connection. And as I mentioned at the start of this episode, this research is still in its infancy. Now, one of the most important nerves in this highway is the vagus nerve. It is one of the greatest facilitators of sending messages back and forth between our gut and brain and other organs in our body. And it plays a vital role in communicating gut sensations to the brain. Now, while there is information running in both directions, the gut operates without much input from the brain whereas the brain depends on vital information from the gut 
and other parts of the body. In fact, 80 to 90% of the signals the vagus nerve sends travels from the gut and the rest of the body to the brain, and just 10 to 20% travels from the brain to the gut and the rest of the body. And this is just a really fascinating and important fact to keep in mind when you are working to address any sort of mental health symptoms like anxiety or depression. You can't really just treat the mind. We also have to look at what's going on in the gut and in the nervous system and the rest of the body. So now let's get into some of the specific ways that this gut-brain communication will affect both our digestive and mental health. So your enteric nervous system is handling all the functions related to digestion without the input from your conscious brain. However, if you perceive a threat or feel fear or anger or other intense negative emotions, your brain's emotional circuits can tell the enteric nervous system to stop its normal functions. And so we want to consider how being under stress may impact this. Now, I will say stress is such a big part of how the gut-brain connection and communication is impacted that it actually deserves its whole other episode to get into those specifics, but I definitely touch on chronic stress and how that's a part of this in this episode today. So when we are stressed or when we're in our sympathetic nervous system, which is a branch of our autonomic nervous system, it helps us meet threats or even daily needs. Uh, Our sympathetic is our fight or flight. And when we're in that space, digestion actually gets shut off because that's when our system thinks it's under threat. And our system might think it's under threat because of chronic stress in our day-to-day life or unprocessed trauma in the nervous system. And when it thinks this, it's going to shut off digestive function and that will affect your gut. And it will shut down in both the sympathetic fight or flight response. And it will also shut down when we get into more of a dorsal vagal, which is our freeze and shutdown response. That's when our body is essentially preparing for death. When we weren't able to meet the threat with fighting or fleeing, our body will go into a freeze, a shutdown to prepare for that threat, which we think we're about to be eaten and killed. And this might sound really intense, but you have to remember that our systems are still quite primal. There's some parts of our systems that are more evolved But when it comes to a threat response and survival, it's still pretty reptilian. So it can be really hard for our system to decipher between a threat that happened when we were children or the threat of a tiger eating us when it's really a stressful interaction with our partner or too much demand at work. So we want to keep this in mind as really understanding how our nervous system state will impact our digestion and our gut-brain communication. And I really think this is one of the main things that I see people dealing with when it comes to these chronic symptoms. Now, a big part of this is coming back to that vagus nerve. Remember, the vagus nerve is one of the main 
communicators in that bundle of nerve fibers between the gut and the brain. And our vagus nerve is connected to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest response in our autonomic nervous system. And this is a very important state for optimal gut health. This is the state we need to be in to properly digest and absorb the nutrients from our food. So sometimes the vagal tone of the vagus nerve can be decreased and one of the most common things that decreases vagal tone is chronic stress. And there have been studies shown that stimulating the vagus nerve increases the vagal tone, helping your body to relax faster after stress and reducing those stress hormones that are released. So if we have had trauma or chronic stress patterns or even unprocessed emotions and maybe even an imbalance in the gut microbiome that's affecting the vagus nerve and decreasing the vagal tone, we may be way more sensitive to stress and unable to come back into a restful, relaxed state after we've been activated. There has been a lot of studies showing that stimulating the vagus nerve could also help people suffering from PTSD, nervous system dysregulation, depression, and anxiety. Now, this is something that you can do by yourself through free tools that are really easy and help you increase your vagal tone. And so if you want a quick list of these tools, you can grab a copy of a free guide I've created for you where I walk through the gut-brain connection and how the nervous system affects digestion and your gut health and mental health and how it's a missing piece to your chronic symptoms. So the link is down in the show notes if you're interested to learn more about that. So then often is the question, well, which came first? Did something in my digestive system some of my digestive issues and imbalance in my microbiome affect my brain and give me anxiety and depression? Or did my anxiety and depression impact my gut and give me these digestive issues? And really, it's extremely hard to answer because they're constantly affecting each other. And so in general, we need to work with both at the same time. However, the one answer I will venture to give is that nervous system dysregulation came first. Whether that ended up impacting the enteric nervous system and gotten microbiome first, or it impacted the central nervous system and the brain first, I don't know. Likely both at the same time. But I believe that it is nervous system dysregulation that really creates these imbalances between the gut and the brain. And every body responds to chronic stress, trauma, and threats differently. I'm sure we could all identify times where our mental and emotional state affected our gut. Think about times where you were nervous or stressed. Did your stomach get upset? Did you feel butterflies? Did you feel nauseous? Or did you lose your appetite? Have you ever experienced any of those things in moments of deep grief, sadness, or despair? I can think back to my experience of my first heartbreak and how I completely lost my appetite for that entire first 
week or two, or the days that my dad was in the hospital before he passed. So we often can remember that experience of losing our appetite, not really being able to eat when we go through a breakup or we lose a loved one or we get really bad news. And I think these examples are really the most experiential, easy to understand examples that every human has experienced to some level. So chronic stress, anxiety, depression, and strong negative emotions have a lot of impacts on our body. And as I mentioned before, one of these impacts is that these states can reduce vagal tone. And now this leads to dramatic impacts on our digestion and it tends to slow many of our digestive functions. So that might be things like reducing our stomach acid production, which we need to break down our food, reducing enzyme production, which we also need to break down our food, slowing gallbladder function, which is really important for breaking down bile, or gut motility, which helps move the food through our intestines, or blood flow through the intestines, or suppression of the intestinal immune system, which majority of our immune system also lives in our gut. And all of these things can create poor digestion and lead to things like leaky gut, heartburn, inflammation, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, dysbiosis, and many of the other digestive disorders that we commonly see. This is also why people who suffer from depression or chronic stress and anxiety also struggle with IBS, constipation, and or diarrhea. When we are stressed, upset, overwhelmed, or depressed, it inhibits proper digestive function leading to the digestive issues we commonly see and creating opportunities for things in our microbiome to happen, such as overgrowth or dysbiosis or inflammation or leaky gut. And this works the other way around. If our microbial balance is off or our gut is inflamed or leaky, it can cause us to feel more stress, upset, and depressed. So just as the gut bacteria affect the brain, the brain can also influence the gut bacteria in our microbiome. And there are numerous studies that show psychological stress suppresses beneficial bacteria. There's a 2004 study in the Journey of Pediatric Gastroenterology and Nutrition that shows these infant monkeys whose mothers had been startled by loud noises during pregnancy and they had less beneficial bacteria in their microbiome than the mothers who didn't. Many studies in this realm have been done mostly on animals, but there are some human studies to acknowledge. One is from 2008 where researchers at Swinburne University of Technology in Australia found that during exam week, university students whom they collected stool samples from contained fewer lactobacilli, which is a beneficial bacteria in our gut, 
than they had when they collected stool samples from them at the beginning of the semester when they weren't under so much stress, which is quite a quick influence of stress to the gut microbiome. So think about what happens over a time period of chronic stress. There's also a 2011 study in mice published in Brain, Behavior, and Immunity where they examine how such stress-induced changes to the gut microbiome affect health. So they had mice that shared a cage with aggressive mice. So this was a social disruption kind of stressor. And those mice that weren't aggressive mice but were sharing with the aggressive mice actually lost some beneficial bacteria and decreased some of the overall diversity of their gut microbiomes. And then this allowed some overgrowth of harmful bacteria and this made the animals more susceptible to infection and inflammation in the gut. So these are just some of the examples of some really interesting studies that show how being under stress, threat, kind of intense emotions can impact the gut microbiome. So when we are talking about how gut health affects mental health, one thing we can look at is neurotransmitters. So our enteric nervous system uses more than 30 neurotransmitters just like the brain does. And many neurotransmitters are produced in the gut by our gut bacteria. Gut bacteria both produce and respond to these neurotransmitters. These are such things as GABA, serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine, and acetylcholine. The brain uses these neurotransmitters to regulate our mood. And these neurotransmitters allow the brain to tune its behavior from the feedback it receives from our microbiome. So just to explain a little bit about these neurotransmitters, you've probably heard of dopamine, especially in the context of how we get dopamine hits by looking at things like social media. And dopamine is involved in our emotion, memory, attention, and then that motivation and reward systems, which is what we often hear about. It's also involved in our food intake. And dysregulation has been linked to anxiety, depression, and overall gut microbiome balance. Now, norepinephrine plays a role in your body's natural fight or flight response to stress. It is what goes to activate your body to be ready to take action when that sympathetic nervous system is triggered. And this is not a bad thing, right? There's many times that we need to take action, we need to be focused, we need to perform, we need to meet a task. We utilize that sympathetic nervous system. However, when we're not producing enough epinephrine, it can be linked to the development of anxiety and especially depression because we might be sinking too far into that immobility, shutdown, freeze response where we can experience a lot of depression. GABA is what blocks or inhibits certain brain signals and decreases activity in your nervous system. So it helps to really produce a calming effect. This 
neurotransmitter really helps when we are struggling with feelings of anxiety, stress, and fear. And there has been some substantial literature that shows the link between altered GABA, neurotransmissions, and numerous central nervous system disorders, as well as the disruption of functions of the enteric nervous system. So all of these can be produced by gut bacteria, with the vagus nerve being the key mediator in the communication of these neurotransmitters to our brain. And I want to take a moment to focus on depression specifically as an example. If you've ever struggled with depression, you may have been told you aren't producing enough neurotransmitters like serotonin or dopamine or noradrenaline. And maybe you've taken antidepressants, which are designed to increase the activity of those specific neurotransmitters in your body. The gut microbiome and depression impact each other greatly, and there have been many studies that show dysbiosis, which is the decrease in the diversity and health of the microbiome, has been associated with depression. And one really important part of this has to do with serotonin. Now, serotonin is a neurotransmitter with important physiological significance in the human body. It's involved in regulating many processes such as our behaviors, mood, gastrointestinal secretion, and peristalsis, which helps move contents through our digestive tract. Serotonin is our feel-good hormone. It makes us feel happy and stabilizes our mood. And in fact, 95% of the body serotonin is contained in the gut. This is our largest storage facility of serotonin. So it's a really huge neurotransmitter to look at. And if we look at serotonin, we will see that we have these serotonin-containing cells in our gut. That's how they're stored. And these cells are influenced by three main things the signals that our brain sends to our microbes, the type of chemicals that certain microbes release. So when we eat, our microbes eat the food that we eat, and then they create chemicals. These chemicals are known as metabolites. And the third thing is our diet. So the metabolites produced by gut bacteria affect neurons, and many of our microbes live in the mucosal lining of our intestines. This is also where those serotonin-containing cells live, along with immune cells, and all those sensory nerve cells that speak directly to our brain and its emotion-regulating center. So when we think about all these components stored in the mucosal lining of our intestines, and we consider the gut's large amount of serotonin stores and how it's located close to vagal nerve pathways that link directly to the brain's control centers, it is thought that there's a low-level constant stream of serotonin-related gut signals that are being sent to our brain's emotional centers in response to the intestinal contents rubbing up against these packed cells or in response to the metabolites that the gut microbiome makes. So when we understand this, we can draw a conclusion that it's likely our microbes, particularly the health and balance of our microbes, affect our serotonin-containing cells 
and therefore the development of depression and anxiety. And nearly half of the people diagnosed with depression have symptoms of anxiety. And many chronically anxious people have symptoms of depression. They're very closely related. Dr. Emrin Meyer, who is a leader in the microbiome gut-brain connection, writes about three well-controlled studies that were performed on patients who had a psychiatric diagnosis of major depressive disorder. And in all these patients, they had altered gut microbes. In fact, these patients were classified as suffering from depression simply by looking at the composition of their gut microbiota. And when fecal samples containing these altered gut microbiomes were transferred into either germ-free laboratory mice or rats, in which the normal microbiota had been wiped out by an antibiotic treatment beforehand, those mice developed behaviors that indicated some depressive-like behaviors that they did not have before. So it became clear that the microbes living in the gut of depressed patients were able to send signals to the brain of these laboratory rodents, which changed their emotional-generating brain networks, resulting in a distinct new emotional behavior, which is really incredible. Now, he still had the question... If the brain of the depressed patients sent signals to the gut that changes the composition and function of the gut microbes, or do the gut microbes of depressed patients cause the depression symptoms? And if it is the second answer, they are looking at how consumption of a probiotic or particular diet could alleviate depression symptoms. There is another study he writes about where rats were induced with activities that caused depression and anxiety-like behavior. And when they were given a particular strain of probiotic known as bifidobacterium, it reduced their depression and anxiety just as much as the commonly used antidepressant Lexapro. So he asks, you know, do these results suggest that probiotics may be helpful in human depression as well? And preliminary results suggest that this may be the case in some depressed individuals. Now, taking a probiotic may be just one part of supporting your overall microbiome health, but these studies remember, are in their infancy, and they give a lot of good information to what supporting the microbiome can do for our mental health. So the last thing I'm going to talk about in this episode today is our emotions and the gut. And I find this topic just so fascinating, especially since I really understand and believe that emotions and especially unprocessed emotions really affect our body, our mental health, the development of chronic symptoms and disease. And so learning about how emotions affect the gut is really important information to understanding how we navigate 
our own health and well-being and any chronic symptoms that we may be struggling with. So our gut microbes listen in as our brain signals to the gut, to our enteric nervous system, how stressed we are or what emotions we are feeling. Even if we are not fully aware and conscious of these emotional states ourselves, our brain can be telling our gut what emotion we are feeling. So what starts as an emotion in your brain influences your gut and those signals that your microbes create. Then these signals communicate back to the brain and they can reinforce that emotional state. They can even make the emotional state last longer given their health and diversity. The full development of emotions and gut reactions comes from this lifelong learning process by which we are fine-tuning our brain-gut microbiome system throughout our whole life from before birth. And this is influenced by things like our eating habits, our lifestyle, and any adverse experiences we may have had. Gut microbes hold a really important role in this development of emotions as they allow us to create very personalized patterns of emotions by acting on these patterns through the metabolites they produce. Now, not one person has the same microbiome, so they are able to really create our own personalized reactions to emotions and this database of all these gut reactions, emotions, and gut feelings. So anything that may alter the metabolites being produced by our microbiota can alter the way that your emotional system is developed. And this could be things like your diet, chronic stress, trauma, antibiotics, or probiotics for a more positive influence. Whenever you are experiencing emotions, your gut is too. This means the enteric nervous system, your microbes, and the various types of gut cells lining the gut wall. And your emotions can affect the behavior of all these parts. So your emotions can impact and form your gut cells over the course of your life, dating all the way back to childhood. And they will adapt, your gut cells will adapt to your primary emotions. So if you experience chronic anxiety or anger or grief that can adapt those nerve connections in the enteric nervous system and the gut cells in our lining and it can make the microbes to become more aggressive if you experience more chronic anger or more sensitive if you experience chronic anxiety and when we experience either positive or negative emotions, we have gut reactions to those emotions. And those gut reactions influence how our gut microbes adapt the metabolites they produce and send to our brain, impacting our mental response to that emotion, and also to the rest of the body. So these microbes are not only influenced by our emotion, but they also in turn influence our emotions 
how long those emotions last, maybe the quality or type of those emotions, and the way we think. So when, say, the brain's emotional operating program is overloaded by stress or anxiety, it's going to alter the blood flow to the gut and alter the rates of transit from the stomach to the large intestine and alter gut contractions, all very important things for our optimal digestive function. And when these things aren't functioning optimally, they change the environment for the microbes and therefore can change the composition of them. Remember, our microbes are really sensitive to the environment that they're living in, which is our gut. And our gut is really sensitive to the emotions that we are experiencing or stress that we're experiencing or signals coming from our brain um, or nervous system. So if we look at people who have irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety disorders, a lot of people with those symptoms and disorders are really quite sensitive to stressful events and often experience a GI flare during stress. So if we're considering how gut microbes are a huge part of how our brain stress circuits respond, we can look at the gut microbiome and supporting the health and diversity of that to not only reduce IBS, depression, and anxiety, but also help support that body in its response to stress. And this is not just an emotion in the moment. Our memories of the past can influence our gut-brain connection and cause these emotional programs to activate, especially if anything in our current experience triggers some sort of traumatic memory or painful memory in our body. Also, once an emotional program has been activated, the effects can linger for hours in our body. Thomas Almy observed that when subjects reacted with hostility and aggression, when that was a common emotional state that they were in, their colons contracted very quickly. So think of like colon spasms and urgent bowel movements and diarrhea. Whereas when he had subjects who felt hopeless, inadequate, apathetic, their colons contracted more slowly. So think constipation and incomplete bowel movements. So all these examples can show how either chronic emotional states or unprocessed emotions can greatly impact the gut. So in summary, we have our gut-brain connection It is connected in a bi-directional link with the vagus nerve being the main pathway of communication between the gut and the brain. The gut and the brain is part of the nervous system, the gut having its own nervous system known as the enteric nervous system and the brain being the main component of the central nervous system. So nervous system responses 
are directly linked into our gut brain connection and its communication. The gut is constantly communicating to the brain. It is producing neurotransmitters in the gut being the largest facilitator and storage unit of serotonin and its bacteria that make up our microbiome is constantly communicating to our brain and actually affecting our mental states, our mood, and behaviors. Our brain is communicating to our gut, often in the form of emotions affecting our gut. Our gut will respond to emotional states that we are in, and also part of our nervous system. So if we're perceiving a threat, if we are in a sympathetic nervous system overactivation or even a dorsal vagal shutdown freeze immobility response it's going to be communicating that to the gut affecting the way that the gut is functioning so i hope that gives you a pretty well-rounded digestible way to understand the main components of what is going on here between our gut and our brain and how our digestive health is affecting our mental health and vice versa and how it's not really one before the other or, you know, the chicken or the egg situation. We want to be addressing both, especially if we are having symptoms in both areas. As always, if you want to learn more, you can download my free guide in the show notes that will walk you through a little more in detail about how the nervous system and its different states in the autonomic nervous system are playing a role in your chronic gut brain symptoms and lead you to understanding how that might be the missing piece for your chronic symptoms if you're not finding any relief, but you've been working really hard on it. And I'm always available to chat more over on the social media channels, or if you're interested in seeing how I may be able to support you on this journey, you could also book a free discovery call with me, which the link is in the show notes as well. I look forward to producing some more information about this whole realm of things. If there's any questions you have or you want to learn more specific things about the gut-brain connection, please find me on social media, send me those questions. I'm always open to hearing what people are really interested in. And stay tuned for all the good information coming forward. Thanks so much. I hope you have a really resilient and regulated, happy gut health, mental health day. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and share it. That helps it reach others who will benefit from this information. So much gratitude for you. Have a beautiful day.